Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Awesome to be together around the Word of God. Tell your neighbor, your, your spiritual needs are more important than your natural needs. Yes. If, if ever you need to make a decision between the natural or the spiritual, choose the spiritual every single time. Because through the realm of the spirit, you're able to impact the natural. And Jesus was tempted in this way. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so he was saying, look, what's more important is the word of God in my life than even my food. And so whenever we come together like this around the Word of God, we definitely know that we're investing our time and we're investing our, 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 our attention on things that are of eternal value. Amen? Because the Word says that whatever is visible is temporary and subject to change, but whatever is invisible is eternal. Amen? Awesome. So tonight we're going to continue, but before that, I just wanted to emphasize our men's event that's coming up this coming weekend. Please make sure if you're sitting next to a guy, just tell him, you must go, please, please, for our sake, please, do it for us. Right? Please encourage these guys, and if you're here, make sure that you register. We want to make provisions so that we don't run out of space, and when you arrive here on Saturday morning... It's full. Awesome. So we started a series two Sundays ago concerning the balance of law, grace, and faith surrounding the covenants of the Word of God. And then we took a break last week because we had uh, ENLI graduation. But today we are continuing with our part two. And it is so important, these revelations that we're getting here. You know what? Your, your life is a reflection of the amount of light that you have. Okay? Your life is a reflection of the amount of light that you have. So you're not supposed to try and change your life, just up the amount of light that you have. And the light that you have will enable you to make the necessary moves and motions in your life. Amen? Most of the time, you know, the Word of God says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Not because the devil is powerful. Not because they're hated by so and so or uh, they come from this family or that nation. It's because you just don't know any better. And so this time, you're at the right place, obviously. You're here to get information, not just to be entertained by a preacher that can preach. Right? We want information from the Word of God that is useful for our lives. Amen. Awesome. And so in the first week, we spoke about the covenants and the benefits of the covenants to our lives and how they affect our lives and how God has set covenants in the earth because of the limitations, if I can call it that, of God's sovereignty due to his delegation of the earth to mankind. Amen? Have you ever heard people say, God is in control. Have you ever heard people saying that? It's not entirely true. He is in control in a, 
in a universal sense that he is God, but in the same way that you are not in control of your subordinates or your employees' um, work. He is not in control of the earth because he gave the earth to who? To us. Imagine you leave someone, you go to Swakop for the holiday. You leave them in charge of your house. And then when the tap is left open, they say, no, uh, Philip is in control. Close the tap. Right? And so most of the time we say that, why? As a cop-out so that we can feel better. Yeah, God is in control. As if we have no part to play. Remember who did that? Adam. He was standing right next to Eve when the snake was, was tempting her to eat of the forbidden fruit that was going to steal the authority of mankind on earth. And what did he do? Nothing. He said, well, God, God is in control. I mean, <laughs> obviously, if God doesn't want us to fall into sin, what will he do? He will intervene, won't he? And then what happened? He lost everything. And then she gave it to him, and it's like, God is in control. If he doesn't want me to eat this fruit, he will block me now. <laughs> right? And many people live like that. It's either that or, no, the devil made me do it. But it's like there's no responsibility in that person tell you you are responsible that's why there's a day of judgment yeah if you are not accountable and responsible for what are you being judged i couldn't help it that's your answer <laughs> right can the accused please come to the stand and explain themselves oh, judge i couldn't help it you were in control why did you make me do it let's ask you <laughs> you understand and this is the reason why God initiated covenants, and through the covenants, he began to intervene in the earth. Amen? All right, now, there's so much that I'm not going to re-preach lesson one. It's online, okay? Today, we're dealing with the old covenant of the law, all right? Where does the old covenant start? Where? Exodus, ne? Where? On which mountain? Mount Sinai. It doesn't start at Genesis. You might open in your Bible and say, no, it says here, yeah, the Old Testament, and there's Genesis. No, that's not where it starts. It's a, it's a general term that says the first part of the Bible, but it consists of the law, the prophets, and the wisdom books, Proverbs and Psalms and the poetry and all of that, okay? And then we've got the New Testament coming in. Where does the New Testament start? Matthew. Wrong. It doesn't start at, at, the, at the beginning of Matthew. That's what your Bible says after Malachi. But it's just to say that's the start of the, the time when the new covenant will come into fruition. But the covenant actually is initiated on the New Testament. It's actually initiated when? At the death of the testator. At the death of Christ. Amen. So without the death of a testator, okay, go back to lesson one. <laughs> right, so we're dealing today with the old covenant because there was a question that came up saying, if God knew that the old covenant was weaker and inferior to the new, why on earth did he give us the old covenant? What kind of loving God would give us something that is not as good as the new? Right? And so we're going to answer that question today. 
The next week we'll deal with the cup of the new covenant, the understanding of the new covenant, the benefits and the blessings of the new covenant, and then the fourth week we'll deal with how you navigate and live within these. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for revelation that's breaking open in our lives and bringing light. And I thank you that the light that you are bringing into our hearts will transform our walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Word of God says, they that, what Jesus said, he that follows me shall never walk in darkness. This is what Jesus said. Right? No dry patches, no dry spots. I'm going through, through a dry season in my life. None of that. Okay? We, we're planted by the waters. In fact, the rivers of living water flow from our stomachs. Amen. All right. Give us their Galatians. Let's go. Philip told me I've got a full hour today. Hey! Galatians chapter 4. Let's go. One, two, go. Let's read together. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his born of her, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Very important. So this is the Apostle Paul explaining what happens concerning Jesus. He says, at the fullness of time, meaning that God has ordained certain times in the earth, and one of them is how he was going to manifest himself in the flesh on the earth. One other reason why God did this is because he couldn't just come in and do his things. He had to do a covenant. Even when he came to bring destruction on the earth through the flood, he came to Noah. Every time. Why? There must be human agency. Why? Because mankind is in charge of this world. And when, when they sinned, they gave charge of the world to Satan. The Bible calls him the God of this world. Amen? If God was in charge, we would not see such messes. Right? All the destruction and crimes and evil and all of that. That's not God's world. That's our world. A fallen world. Fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son. Born of her. Very important. Jesus had to be a man if he was going to represent mankind. Do you understand? He couldn't come as God, so to speak. Jesus was God in the flesh, yes, but he came as a man to fulfill the, the role of the second Adam. The Bible calls him the second and the last Adam. In the same way that the first Adam was a federal head of the human race, the second Adam is a federal race of the new creation. Amen? Then, born under the law. Jesus was born under the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament, subject to the Old Testament. He had to fulfill it exactly. This is why, this is why he had to come, because it was to redeem those who were under the law. What is redeem? To buy back. A good term would be to pay off. Like if you take a loan from the bank, you must pay it off. Amen? It's not because I work at the bank, but you must pay off the debt. Amen? So the old covenant 
brings forth expectations. Otherwise, if you don't pay off your debts, you, you, what happens? What happens? Huh? You will what? You, you'll get blacklisted. Amen. Heaven will blacklist you. Right? But what would happen is you would get sold into, that's right. Many of us are like, yeah, there's so much slavery in the Bible. It was people sometimes were willing. I can't pay. I enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoyed the money I borrowed. All I can do now is give myself as a slave. Anyway, I'm not justifying slavery in any way. <laughs> just uh, don't misquote me. I'm just trying to explain the anthropology behind it. Right. So Jesus is born under the law to redeem those who were, born, who, who, who were debtors under the law. Amen? And so Jesus' ministry is an Old Testament ministry. Are you with me? He tries his best to bring revelations of the new, but he says, my time has not yet come. I can't yet do it. You are not yet ready. Certain things I have to whisper behind here. And the disciples ask him, well, you talk to us. Why, why don't you tell all these people straight up? With us, you tell us straight, and then with them, it's like parables, undercover parables. Why? Because he wasn't allowed to yet bring those things with, because he was under a covenant that still stood. Until he fulfills it, what does it mean to fulfill? To pay it off, to fulfill it, eh? the law and the prophets, and then he could do what? Bring in a new. And if he brings in a new, it means the old is? obsolete. So why do we read the Old Testament? For revelation, for understanding. There's many things in the prophetic books especially. Give us an understanding of how the realm of the spirit operates and what changed and things like that. Some of the things in the wisdom books that still apply. But the covenant itself is not the same for us. Amen? Alright, give us the next one. Now I'm gonna, we're going to go through seven reasons why the law was given. Okay, this is very important so that you don't despise the first part of your Bible and so I'm going to only read the Gideon's Bible, only that New Testament. No, you can read the Old Testament, but you have to interpret it through its purpose. Amen? So that you live in the new. All right, these are the reasons. First, because of trespasses. That's why the law was brought in, to restrain sin until Christ. Number two, to expose sin as exceedingly evil and deadly. Number three, as a schoolmaster unto Christ. Number four, to stop every mouth and every self-justification. Number five, to make or reveal all people as guilty before God. Number six, as a shadow and a metaphor of the realities in Christ. And number seven, to distinguish Israel as a nation from all other nations. Okay? Let's go to number one. Alright, the first reason why the law was given, and when was the law given? It was given 400 years after God made a covenant with Abraham to bring up the nation of Israel, okay? And it was made on the mountain through a mediator. Let's read together. One, this is Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. One, two, go. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. Stop. Do you understand? This is, what is a transgression? It's a sin. What kind of sin? breaking a law. There is a rule and then you break it. It's not like missing the mark. 
Missing the mark is sin, hamartia, but it's like I tried my best and I couldn't because of my human weaknesses and my fallen nature. Trespass is rebellion. I know it says don't do it. I will do it anyway. That's trespass. And we said this morning, some of you are saying, I've never committed trespass like that. I don't talk like that when I sin. Uh, some people trespass quietly. It's like, oh, it sounds like trespass is for extroverts. Mm -mm. <laughs> some major trespassing introverts. Okay? And why was the law added? Because of transgressions until what? The seed to whom the promise referred to had come. Who is that seed? Okay. So the law was introduced until the seed. Do you understand? Because that was the best way to deal with sin. Let's continue reading. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. Who is the mediator? Moses. Right. And then it says, verse 20, a mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Now, let me just say this. Moses was such a mediator, it was almost like he was separate. Like he was separate from everyone else, while God would have destroyed the nation of Israel when he, they provoked, when they provoked his anger. Even so, Moses was able to say, oh God, repent. How can you tell God to repent? I am the mediator. I am the referee. I am the referee of the old covenant. Amen. Let's continue reading. Verse 21, is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. So the law was given because of transgressions, but what could the law not do? It could not make you righteous, neither could it impart life. In fact, the word of God says that if, if righteousness came by the law, Christ died for nothing. So all the law does is it diagnoses you. Then you say, okay, can you help me? Can you cure me? No. And Jesus can. So, so the law diagnoses you, but Christ is the cure. Once you get the cure, do you still need diagnosis? No. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Verse 22. But scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe, not those who obey the law. This is the distinction. Remember last time we spoke about Hagar and Sarah. For Sarah's baby, she had to do what? Yeah, she had to do the things. But it was a miracle baby, so she had to believe. For Hagar's baby, what did they have to do? Just do the things. Are you with me? I mean, I can't go in detail here. Huh? It's not a men's conference. Right? And so, in order, this was God's promise. It was to Abraham, to Jesus, and to the nations. But it came through faith so that the promise can be sure. 
Do you understand? Because if it came through performance and obedience, only some would make it. And so it says, the scripture locked up everything under the control of sin. So now, why, why was, was the law given to restrain sin? This was what was happening. The, when, when, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, right? What entered in because of sin? Death. Death entered in. I mean, the very, the very next month, Cain killed his brother. Okay? So death entered in and began to reign. In this planet, death was ruling. Through what? Through sin. And yet, there was no way of knowing what is sin so that you can stay away from it and somehow limit the effect of the death. Why? Sin doesn't come just for sin's sake. There's a law in the spirit that says, the soul that sins shall die. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So, so, this is, so sin was in the world, undetectable, but still killing. And then God decided, no, let me then bring in the law. What will the law do? The law, okay, we're getting ahead. Let, let's go to the next one. So the first one is because of trespasses. Secondly, to expose sin as exceedingly evil and deadly. Some of us have this idea, sin is like, oh, I just made a mistake. Some say, I've got some issues. That's now sins. <laughs> I'm dealing with some issues. It's not an issue. You are on death row. You are, you are like a baby dangling a dynamite, excited by the, 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 the shining, sprinkling light that is busy fusing into an explosion. <laughs> Kaboom. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Let's read here. To expose sin as exceedingly evil and deadly. Okay? One, if you're close enough, you can read. One, to go. Therefore, what are we to say? What the Torah... Torah is the law. Okay? It's just I'm giving you some Hebrew. You know, you can use it. You know, so the other day I was reading through the Torah. And then people would be like... Mm. You know? Jerusalem <laughs> and you are not just dancing that song you know other things about Jerusalem okay therefore what are we to say that the Torah is sinful heaven forbid rather the function of the Torah was that without it I would not have known what sin is for example, I would not have become conscious of what greed is if the Torah had not said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, worked in me all kinds of evil desires, for apart from Torah, sin is dead. What is he saying here? Apart from the law, sin was undetectable. And yet, 
the law was able to show, the, show sin up and then sin took even more advantage. Why? Because the, the sin would say, now you know. Now you know that you're doing wrong and therefore you even deserve it. Now I'm not just killing you because I'm sin. I'm killing you because I'm doing what should be done to people who do wrong. Do you understand? The, the hostile nature of sin was shown up by the law. Okay? Verse 9. I was alive once outside the framework of Torah. But when the commandment really encountered me, sin sprang to life and I died. This is what, what sin does. When it sees a prohibition, remember transgression? When it sees a rule that says, please don't play here, please don't pee here. Sin will say, let's do it right here. Have you seen such people? If there was no sign, they would just pass. And because there is a sign that says, this is a historic site and should not be touched, it will break. Please, can all the people listen to this? That's when they'll be like. <laughs> and walk away. Do you understand? That's how sin springs forth. It is dormant without the law. And it kills. It brings you to miss the mark. It stirs up your iniquity. But when there is a law, it makes you a transgressor. It makes you a transgressor, and then sin begins spring life, and then brings you death. The commandment that was intended to bring me life was found to be bringing me death. Verse 11, for sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment deceived me, and through the commandment sin killed me. In fact, sin will try and persuade you that you are a good enough person, even if you break this commandment. Ask your neighbor, are you a good person? <laughs> if they say yes, just nod, just nod your head like this. Eh? Mm -hmm. Sin. <laughs> right? Verse 12. So the Torah is holy. That is, the commandment is holy, just, and good. Then did something good become for me the source of death? Heaven forbid. Rather, it was sin working death in me through something good that, so that sin might be clearly exposed as sin so that sin through the commandment might come to be experienced as sinful beyond measure. And remember, chapter 7 of Romans is where he says, the thing I want to do, I don't do. That which I don't want to do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? Praise be to Christ Jesus, who gives us the victory. And then he goes into Romans 8, by the Spirit. Né? We are more than conquerors. Amen? Are you getting this? Yeah. Next time, when you hear about sin, you will not just think, oh, I just swore, swore in my post. <laughs> That's not all the sin that issued that you had. 
God, Jesus was sent because mankind didn't have a behavior problem. Listen to me. Mankind didn't have a behavior problem. They had a nature problem. It was like changing a cat into a dog. It wasn't just trying to train a cat to bark. Bark, 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 bark. Wow! It wasn't just about trying to teach a cat to bark. You had to change the cat into a dog. Jesus did not come to change your behavior. He didn't come to make evil men good. He came to make dead men alive. Amen. This is why you, you, you hear the Son of God on, a, on the skull mountain. My God, my God. Naked. Being mocked. And he, he, at the, on the floor, his garments are being gambled. I, I, I got it. Now, I got it. Now, this one, now it's mine. <laughs> that is the nature of mankind. This is why people are like, no, I don't need Christianity, you know. I'm into uh, This is the very nature of sin. Anything, so I don't worship the true creator. Anything, anything. Let me worship the dead. Let me worship wood and sticks and bones and, and snakes and crocodiles, but not Jesus. And you say, no, it's my culture. It's my culture. In my culture, I don't want that white man's religion. Okay. But when penicillin comes from Europe, yeah, can I please have two doses? <laughs> the fever, you know, the, the fever is really... It's really, just give me that. No, it's from Europe. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I want. You don't want the African penicillin. No, give me the European, the European penicillin. Thank you. Yeah. When you're building your rockets, you don't say, no, I don't want the, the math from wherever. Truth is truth. It doesn't matter which mouth it comes from. Amen? Anyway. Uh, did we get, go back to number one. Number one. So because of trespasses. So God introduces the law as a pause for the destructive nature of sin. I mean, it is, it is rampant. And then secondly, to expose sin. So that now, through Israel, he's got a nation that is a light. Reflecting to the nations, showing a kind of holiness by the law. That sort of restrains sin a little bit. This is why we say, even though we preach to you the grace of God, don't go sleeping around and destroying your life. You say, no, I'm under the grace of God. So therefore, you know, it really doesn't matter anymore. Sin will destroy anyway. You are going back to the beginning. You must graduate through the school of the law that shows you sin's destructive power. And then when you come out on the other side, you must marry Christ fully so that you don't go back to that place where you have no covenant, you have no law, you are just in darkness and destruction. Amen? Number three. As a schoolmaster unto Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verse 24. Let's read. Please take us uh, to the NIV. Galatians chapter 3 verse 24. It simplifies it, since we don't have time. 
So now, it says that the law is a schoolmaster or a tutor or a guardian or a babysitter, so to speak. Okay? Let's read here together one to go. So the law was our guardian until Christ came. Stop. Remember? It said that the law was given until the coming of the seed. This is what Galatians also says. He said, so the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now look here next verse, 25. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Are you with me? Why? Because the guardian has done its job. The job of the guardian is to bring you to Christ. Why? Because in Christ, you will have everything that the law promised and more. Do you understand? When, Ish when, when Ishmael came to Hagar, it brought problems in the relationship. Ask Abraham. You know, when she was asking, you know, that child is bullying my child, get rid of her. Abraham was like, no, but it was your idea. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You know how the, how the sisters can be. Go deal with it. Right? It's, your, it's your baby, mom. <laughs> Alright? So therefore, whenever we try and help God, instead of believing what he's made available for us, we always cause problems. Okay? Tell your neighbor, I'm not under the law anymore. Because I'm born again. If you are not born again, you have nothing to say. You are still under death and destruction. Give us day number four. Number four. Number four, the law was given to stop every mouth and self-justification. Romans 3 verse 19. Let's read together. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that the murmurs and excuses of every mouth may be hushed, and all the world may be held accountable and guilty to God. For no person will be justified, made righteous, acquitted, and judged acceptable in his sight by observing the works prescribed by the law. For the real function of the law is to make men recognize and be conscious of sin. Not mere perception, but an acquaintance with sin which works towards repentance, faith, and holy character. Do you understand? So therefore... The law was given to keep every mouth quiet. Everyone that says, when you ask them, hey, do you think you're a good person? Imagine your friends at work when you ask them, hey guys, do you guys think that you guys are good people? Especially if they're coming from one of the CSI initiatives. The company went to give some, some food to the poor and to give some clothes and everyone's taking pictures there and saying how good they are, you know. And then you ask them, hey guys, are you guys good people? Ah, of course! Of course. Can't you see? Here's the picture. Here's me. Me t uh, giving food to this hungry child here and posting on it on my, on my Facebook profile so I can feel good about myself. 
Is there such a thing as good people on this green earth? No. Yeah, but how can you say that I'm not a good person? It, that, is, that is an understatement. You are wicked. Weak, wicked. If given enough privacy and given enough money, there are some things you never imagined you would be capable of. While you're on your profile judging, mm -mm -mm, judging people, mm -mm -mm, judging in the newspaper, judging people. There is none righteous. No, not one. <laughs> All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each one to his own way. And God has laid the iniquity of us all upon him. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, you, I, I would scare you. <laughs> I would scare you if you knew the wickedness that Christ delivered me out of. Yeah, yeah. We will not sit with you in this church here. It's like a murderer at heart. This is the purpose of the law. So that everyone can see their sinfulness. And say, no, I'm a good person. Have you lied before? Yeah, I've lied, but it was a white lie. You see, you are lying now. <laughs> Have you stolen before? Yeah, it was in grade one. So you are a thief from grade one. <laughs> <laughs> a grade one thief. No, it was in pre-primary, you know. I just took someone's things. A thief from pre-primary. <laughs> By now you are an expert thief, you know. A white-collar sophisticated thief. Right? Yeah. Have you always obeyed your parents? Yeah, but you know, I didn't have the best parents. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep going here. Yeah? Those of you who still think, nah, pastor, you know, you don't know me. <laughs> yeah, you don't know me. Romans 2 verse, eight, uh, verse 12 basically says that for those who didn't receive the Ten Commandments because they were in Africa or Asia or South America, because some are asking, yeah, but if Jesus is for the whole world, what about those people who have not heard? What about those ones? Obviously, it can't be right because all those people who haven't heard, how can God send them to hell? You know? And you are now the, the, the consultant of all the universe. Right? And God said, no, Mr. Consultant. After all your surmisings, right, there is a conscience that tells you what is wrong. Right? In every religion, there is a transcendent approach. Right? When it comes to the Mayans and the Incas who were sacrificing their death in South America on pyramids to the gods. Right? There is a perception in your heart. The, the heavens declare the glory of God. The feminine, it, it displays his handiwork. Day by day, they pour forth speech. They are telling you, there is a God, you. Not only that, you will give an account, you. No, there's no God, you know. I'm, after I did my, my evolutionary biology thesis, you know, in my postdoc, you know, I realized that these Christians really are just oppressing people. You know, I, I really need, think that they should let this thing go and we just need to develop, you know, on our own way. Plus, uh, kill those babies that are going around here and, you know, let us do what we want. And why should we listen to you? Because I'm God, me. Yeah. 
uh, take us to the next one. Getting too hectic here. Okay. <laughs> the next reason why the law was given is to make or reveal all to be guilty before God. We already touched on that. Né? To hush you. Keep you quiet. You know, some people have said, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God some questions. Have you heard? Have you heard some? I'm going to ask God some questions, you know. I'm going to say, God, why did you do this? Why didn't you? <laughs> and the angels are just like, cha, 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 cha. <laughs> these people don't know fire. They don't know consuming fire. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. For our God is a consuming, is a consuming fire. All you do is like, and you hide your face and you fall because you, you're passing out. Your whole body cannot contain God. Right? There is no question. Your mouth will be quiet. All you'll be doing is shock, trembling, crying, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the condition and if you didn't get a glorified body you would explode alright so there is no I'm going to ask God you know I just you know I took some time I went in my room and I just vented a little bit at God I said God how can you how can you <laughs> that's some real baby Christianity tell Tell your neighbor that's baby Christianity. Yeah, man, come on. Yeah, do you know who this God is? Right? Let's read when Jesus came on the earth, he started speaking to these religious leaders and he started telling them, Look, you guys will think that you are good, right? You are the Pharisees, you are the Sadducees, you are the leaders of the people. And he told the disciples, Don't follow what they say, don't follow what they do, just do what they say. Okay, because these guys are not even following the law, they claim to. Let's read together from verse 18. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Remember what we said? When do you stop paying the debt? When it's paid. What kind of fool keeps paying? I shouldn't say that word because the next scripture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> verse 19. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments is teaching and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What is Jesus saying there? He is under the Old Testament there. He is not only giving the law of Moses, he's elevating it even more. So that all the people who thought they could swim, because the water is shallow here. <laughs> the water was lifted and now they are drowning. Yeah, Jesus! <laughs> Jesus! And that's what the law should do. He must make it so hot that everyone flees to the cross. Amen? One of the reasons why you are not born again yet is because you have not yet seen the judgments that are coming. Yeah, yeah, but how can you scare people? How can you scare people when you are at the doctor and the doctor tells you, you know, this condition, by Friday it will look like this. In two months' time, this is how you will look. Uh, give me my next slide, you know, then he point the graph. And after the person is well aware, then you say to him, 
In, in a few seconds, I've got good news for you. There's a cure. <laughs> give me, give me, give me whatever you have there. Right? Let's keep going here. Verse 21. You have heard that it was said of those to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. <laughs> Remember? Therefore, <laughs> let's keep going here. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, have you heard people saying this? If you bring your gift to the altar and go your way, uh, it says, if you, give, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, what should you do? Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. Why? Because you are being accepted on the basis of your conduct. Genesis. We'll talk about the new covenant. It changes everything. Jesus is here under the old covenant, elevating the laws of the old covenant. And some of us read it like it's one, one chapter. It is one chapter, but you need to see the different covenants. Where are we? Okay, take us to the next one. You can read the rest. Then, he goes to this one. Right? Because the Pharisees, they were so good that they didn't commit adultery. And if they did, you couldn't find the guy. They even brought the lady caught in the act of adultery. But they couldn't find the guy. But they caught the person in adultery. They caught one person. One person in adultery. And they brought them. Right? And then said, Moses tells us. Right? These guys were always elevating Moses and the law. It's the foundation of their culture. Okay? And so if you say anything about, uh, uh, against Moses, you will be stoned. Amen? So they said, Moses told us that such a person should be stoned. What say you? You that we don't know who even your, your father is. That's what they used to say to Jesus. You who is demon-possessed, using Satan's powers to heal the sick here and what, what, what. what, what do you say about this? And Jesus goes down on his knees. And the Bible says that he was in the temple courts, and the temple court's floor is made of stone. And he begins to write on the ground. The Bible doesn't say what, but many scholars believe that it's the same as an illustration of God's finger on the tablets of stone, writing the commandments. And then he says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And what do they do? I'm sure even that guy that wasn't caught in adultery, that was caught in adultery, was even there. He might have been even one of the Pharisees. Uh, let's keep going. Matthew chapter 5 verse 27. He says, you have heard it said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. And some of you, you are like, yeah, Lord, you know, I have not committed adultery, but why am I not married? And uh, hmm? Verse 28, because you want to earn your marriage. Because, <laughs> But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman or a man <clears throat> to lust... 
to lust for her or him, has already committed adultery with her or him in his or her heart. Amen? So those of us who are feeling like, no, I didn't commit adultery. That other sister there on that side of the church, she commits adultery. Have any of you ever done this? Don't raise your hand now. <laughs> huh? Then he says, this is how serious is it. it is. Verse 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. <laughs> for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Is this the good news of the gospel? No. What is Jesus doing? He's fulfilling the old covenant. What does the law do? The law is the ministry of condemnation written on and engraved on tablets of stone. It is the ministry of death. And some are passionate for it. It serves its purpose, but it gives no life. It is like a harsh husband that requires but doesn't help. Mm, we know them. <laughs> we, we know them. We have seen them. Then it says, if your right hand, because the illustrations here are very weird. Oh, we will address these things at the men's conference. <laughs> if your right eye, if your right hand causes you to sin. Cut it off and cast it from you. It's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. There, and there are some people here, if you ask them on the street, are you a Christian? Yes. Do you follow the Ten Commandments? Yes. <laughs> then you start at the top. Oh, what's the first one? Um, um, they don't even know. <laughs> um, yeah, you shall love the Lord. And and so when you go through the commandments, what will the commandments do for you? It will lead you to? To Christ. It's a mirror. Come on, sisters, you know what the mirror does. Huh? And some brothers, you know, when you are cutting, you know. You know what the mirror does? What does the mirror do? You stand in front of the mirror and what does the mirror do for you? It only shows you, and if you are... <laughs> If you are struggling in your looks, <laughs> let me say it like that. <laughs> if you are struggling in your looks, the mirror cannot help you. you. You can break the mirror all you want. The mirror just tells you, you are struggling with your looks. <laughs> There's nothing else the mirror can do for you. In order for something to change with your looks, what must you do? You must go elsewhere. Do you understand? This is the law. The law shows us what's wrong with us. But it does not lift a finger to save anybody. Amen? Give us the next one. As a shadow and a metaphor of the realities in Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 to 4. Let's read together. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make 
perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. When Jesus came on the scene, John the Baptist stood up out of the river and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Not just cover, not just pretend like it's not there. And some of you are saying, yeah, but maybe God has gone soft on sin. No. You want to see how soft God has gone on sin? Look at the cross. He did, this is not just him destroying his son. It says Christ became sin for us. So he was condemning sin in the flesh of his son. Okay, Colossians 2 verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat, pork, or drink, or with regards to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Yeah, but aren't we going to celebrate Shabbat? You know, me and my family, we celebrate Shabbat, you know, and we pray to Yeshua. <laughs> it's not necessary. It's not necessary, right? Why? Because the fulfillment of all, we do the, the Feast of Tabernacles and we celebrate all of, That's fine. It gives us an illustration of what's happening from Israel's side. But when we come to the New Covenant, there's only one thing that matters and that is Jesus Christ. Klar. Klar. And he is the fulfillment of the types and the shadows. You look at the sacrificial system of the Old Testament that God put in to almost cheat the law, right? As an uncredited payment for the demands of the law. And the debt still had to be settled by Christ. There's a, a goat eh, that would be once a year, the scapegoat, two goats. One would be, they, they lay the hands on the goats and then he, he speaks the sins of the people over the goat. Eh, and then... One gets sent out into the wilderness to die with one guy that was unluckily nominated. Ne? And then the other one gets slaughtered. It's a type of Christ. So Christ receives the impartation of our sins, not only by the crown of thorns, but also by his manifestation as a man and also by his baptism. And then he doesn't only go to be slaughtered, but he also dies where? Outside the city. Taken by some unlucky guy who has chosen, his name is what? Simon from Sirene. Taking the goat. People are just seeing a, a man from Africa. Ah, finally, we have someone. <laughs> This color race thing is superficial nonsense. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. 
once you find yourself in Christ, you will realize the nonsense that this is. Number seven, to distinguish Israel from all other nations. Why? To make them special and separate so that they, one, don't worship other gods. Because once they worship other gods, they'll lose the promise and then it will take decades and, and centuries and millennia. So God had a timeline to work with to bring Jesus through the bloodline. And to do that, he made them separate. This is what he said to them in Exodus through Moses. Exodus 19 verse 5, let's read together. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Is Israel special to God? Yeah. Some say, no, Israel is not a special nation. What about the Palestinians? What about the what, 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 what? I'm sorry. God chose them. Clap! It wasn't even because they were nice or good. He picked a guy that wasn't an Israelite, that worshipped all sorts of idols, and he told them, I want you to go to the land of the Canaanites, and I'll make a nation through you. And the promise is not only to him, but to the seed that will be to the nations. So if you don't like Israel, God likes Israel. You better like them. That's just how it is. Jacob I loved. Israel hated. God. How, how can God be so facetious? Doesn't he just like everyone? <laughs> you know, you must understand, God is a person. Yeah, but I don't like him. Okay. <laughs> it's his world. My goodness, where will you find yourself? We adjust to him. He doesn't adjust to us. Who will say to the potter? This is the, the clay speaking. Why have you made me like this? Why hast thou made me thus? Am I not the potter? Can I not take the clay and do with it what I want? Some of us, may the grace of God reach us so that we can see the, the glory of Jesus. Amen? And you know what? Some of us feel like, no, if I was on earth that time, just with Jesus, you know, just shadowing him, you know, one of his disciples, you know, my walk with God would be good, you know, and all of that. No, no. Sometimes Jesus spoke like this. Brood of vipers. You are washed, whitewashed tombs. You are of your father, the devil. And his, his works you do. No, we are not of our father, the devil. Abraham is our father. No, if Abraham was your father, then you would have done his works. And plus, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> and the disciples in that morning, they sent each other, what's up, guys? Which message is being preached today? <laughs> Brood of vipers, I'm not coming. <laughs> I don't want to be beaten with the crew. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people are like, Jesus, shh, Jesus, shh. Hey, let me, let me speak to this. Jesus, shh, shh, can you be more diplomatic, you know, more kind and loving? <laughs> Jesus is like, no ways. He gives harshness to the proud and grace to the humble. He resists. Resist. Imagine if God is resist. Every corner you turn, resist. Every corner. You go wherever you can. If God is resisting you, 
you cannot be helped. You cannot be helped. You better hide yourself in Christ Jesus. Clar. Amen. You will be for me. Although the whole world, whole earth is mine, all the nations are mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you have to speak to the Israelites. Remember, this was to Israel. What does he say in Peter? To the whole church full of multiple nations. Now you are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests unto our God. So it's not just to say, I only like Israel. It was his purpose through them to bring the Messiah that would have been the Savior, not only for Israel, but for the whole world. Hallelujah. Can we praise God for that? Yeah. For some of us, there would be no hope. Okay, let's finish this. Do I still have 20 minutes? <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Okay, this is the last question. You know, one day we must just take like uh, the whole Sunday. We tell the church, guys, can we do church the whole day? We start at 7 in the morning, go through the Bible, you know, the ushers will bring cold drinks and whatever. <laughs> we just relish in the word. Is the covenant, if the old covenant useful, the law useful for today? Let's quickly read here and then we're done. Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart from a good conscience and a sincere faith, some people have strayed from these things and have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person. The law is not made for the righteous. Who are the righteous? Those who are in Christ. Okay? Not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and worldly for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for homosexuals. There it is. Some of you are like, no, the Bible doesn't speak about homosexuals. It's right there. Huh? Slave traders, liars, and uh, let me say this, it's right next to sexually immoral. For those who say, yeah, you know, no, no, no. and then on the weekend. Okay? Liars and perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. So the law has a purpose. What is the purpose of the law? For the man who has not yet come to Christ to show him up and to diagnose him so that he can see, my goodness, I cannot make it. I, I can't make it. It's impossible, this thing. Yeah. Then the law has finally done its work. Now you can say, who can help me? And anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He will reject nobody. Amen? Are you with me? Do you understand? There's so much more to say concerning the, the covenant of the law. So much more. But I, I believe that this will give you a good foundation. Go back to your Bible and read this scripture. Study. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Uh, give us there the last one. Let us stand as we pray.
Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.